Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. It's good to see see all of you. I got back Friday night, uh, 10, 20 or something like that. My flight landed in Gainesville, so I uh, got back and to the good old USA, so I had a good trip. I just want to say thank you, first of all, Pastor, Pastor Andrew, for allowing me to go. And uh, thank you to you all for allowing me to go. And uh, thank you to my wife for letting me go. And um, she's more than able to, to fill in anything that I do. But um, I'm appreciative for the opportunity to go. It's a blessing. I tell you, there's such a need all over the world. And, uh, you know, we're, we're grateful, too. You know, when we went to Ramah, I've said this before, Rich was the first person we met and uh, when we got there. And really it was a God connection. And uh, we've, we've had a strong friendship, but also a connection to ministry and life. And so it was a, was a real joy to go over and be with them. And, um, and I do want to say also thank you all for praying for us while we were there. Before and after, it was such an important thing uh, to do. And, uh, you know, I think about the scripture where, you know, Paul said, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I don't feel like we did either of those things. Uh, we didn't plant, we didn't water, we tilled the ground. And uh, we picked up rocks and moved stuff out of the way. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's a good trip, you know, it was a productive 12 days. Um, um, but, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, things that needed to be done just because things hadn't been done. And, uh, you know, uh, much of Europe, it, it, it's very much romanticized, but uh, Europe's in a mess and the light of the gospel is very dim there. And, um, and it's been like that for generations. So as a result, there's a lot of things that has to be done, uh, a lot of things that had to be accomplished. And um, I wrote down some of the things. We, we spent a lot of time in prayer before and after. And, um, you know, when people aren't praying for themselves, somebody's got to come along and do it. And uh, how many know that can be work sometimes? Uh, sometimes that's the last thing you want to do because I know I'm leaving town when this is done. But... Um, you know, there's a need there, so we got in there and got involved in, 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 in prayer for these areas we were, um, uh, while we were there, and it was, it was good. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. I want to show you a video before we go any further. Uh, we recorded a video in Livorno, Rich did for uh, uh, those who partner with his ministry, and there it is. So I was going to say before the video started, sorry about the volume, but uh, you need to see that the, the People in Italy are on scooters a lot. They're everywhere. It was very loud. So that was the quietest place we could find. But it was in front of a communist restaurant. That's the Livorno is the is the, I don't know if you heard him, but it's the the center of the communist movement in Italy. And um, and uh, so that's the city we spent a good portion of the time. And they actually outside of Burgos, Spain, they spent more time in Livorno than anywhere else. He and Daphne. And um, of course, this is the first trip for for Rich and for me. Uh, post-COVID, and of course, Italy was hit very strong, very hard, had very strict government lockdowns. Um, so in Livorno, a lot of the places that they had gone before and relationships they had started, many of those places uh, never reopened. Uh, those people are not there anymore. Uh, whether, not sure what happened to them, they're not there. So in, in many ways, they're kind of starting over with some of those things. But, um, you know, one of the things we were praying about, you know, God is moving them to the next to the next phase for some of these things to do. And so they're looking ready, ready soon to start taking teams or looking for people to come in who can stay there uh, and begin to, to start works. 
and we're finding people that are that are hungry for the gospel. So that's good. Um, so you know, it was it was a uh, it was like I said it was a, was an eventful trip and a, and, a, and a, a beneficial trip. It was interesting, you know, leading into it, going up to it. The Holy Ghost really led us all all facets of going on the trip. You know, uh, getting there, I had to get my documentation prepared and and uh, things done to be able to get entrance into the into the. Uh, into Italy, into the EU, and um, I actually almost didn't make it because when I landed in Amsterdam on the way there, I have to go through Amsterdam to get into Italy. Uh, I had to go through passport control. Uh, they didn't like my paperwork, and um, so before I left, um, I felt really specifically led when when writing up the letters, all the forms that I had, and had the doctor sign off on this and that. As far as how to do the dates, which was weird, and I felt like I needed to spell out the dates, like my birthday, December fifth, nineteen seventy-four. But right, spell out December. But then when it came to uh, my test results, put those in numeric numbers because we do month, day, and then year. Felt really specific. That's how you need to do it. So when I got there to the border uh, in Amsterdam, um, the the lady at the at the desk or at the the passport control desk, uh, she went through my paperwork. Yeah, yeah. When the date, my my positive COVID test. When I had COVID before, so uh, I'm not vaccinated, but but I have. They recognize proof of of, of uh, recovery there, and uh, so I had to have all those dates done. Well, she didn't like my paperwork, and she kept telling me this is not acceptable. We we can't accept this. This isn't right. And we went back and forth, and she complained about me uh, at length to her person next to her in Dutch, and I know enough to know that she wasn't speaking nice about me. And um, But I just smiled and grinned. I thought, you know what? We prayed. I'm getting into the EU. They're letting me in. So I just smiled. So finally she said, yeah, this isn't, this, I can't help you. This, this doesn't work. Of course, the, the line behind me, you wait in a long line to get through passport control, and they were all getting upset with me. What's wrong with this guy? And um, so finally she called uh, an armed border agent to come get me. That was fun. And uh, they escorted me uh, out past the line. Everybody's watching me. I'm sure they're wondering, does this guy have drugs? What is he doing? And uh, they escorted me to their office and uh, made me wait, took all my paperwork inside. And I just stood there looking in the office, smiling at them. And um, and, uh, they came out after a while. They came out. And he's like, he said, the paperwork, he said, he said, you just go. I said, everything fine? He said, he said, he said, yeah, he said, he, 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 he said, none of it makes any difference because you had COVID July 4th, so none of this matters. Just go. He read my date backwards. They read the dates. We, we do August 7th, I mean, April 7th. They read it July 4th. And so that specific dating it that way is the thing that got me in, into the EU. So... Uh, so I was wondering, well, why, why do I, why am I supposed to, I redid my papers numerous times, made the doctor sign. I'm sure they hated seeing me down there and I made him re-sign the papers. This is the way it needs to be. And so that date change is what actually got me into the EU. So, um, they didn't care that Italy was fine with me being there. They didn't want me there. And, uh, so anyway, so God moved on our behalf, uh, the whole time. And even when we went, we were planning to go to Livorno first and then Rome at the end, we felt really specific at the very last minute. Cancel your hotels or reservations and switch. We need to go to Rome first, stay in Rome, and then go to Livorno. And we're only going to be in Rome just for a couple of days. Extend that in Rome and then just less days in Livorno. Well, uh, a lot of it had to do with the connection we had there. Um, uh, when we In Rome, one of the people we met, I put his picture up online, was um, a pastor from uh, Switzerland um, was there. And so some people that I know, we called, made some contacts. This guy... Uh, is in contact with the 
um, a church that used to exist, a, a faith-based Word and Spirit church that used to be there many years ago that's no longer around, this guy has straight, very strong connections with the leaders of that who are no longer in the area, but they know people in Rome. And uh, he was going to be in Rome on Friday. So on Thursday afternoon, we found, got his name, called him. He's going to actually, well, I'm actually coming the train tomorrow. I'll be in Rome. So we met him at the train station, uh, sat with him. I think that's going to be a really important uh, connection for them in Rome and actually all of Italy uh, for a long time to come. So we met with them, got that worked out, and we left the next morning. So really the Lord worked the whole thing out exactly where we needed to be at the right times. And it's interesting when you do this, in one, in one sense, I have to kind of say it's, a, it's not a good reflection on me and probably not you, but just me. But um, you know, we had to spend a lot of time in prayer. And, and every day when you would get up, we would get up in the morning, spend some time in prayer. And we would, all right, Lord, where do you want us to go? From things like where are we going to go eat? What are we going to do? What streets are we going to go down? And so anytime we'd have certain places we'd walk by and a, and a place would kind of stir our heart, we need to go in there, but don't go in there right now. Okay. And then you, we'll come back to it. And so every day was like that. And um, uh, there was one particular restaurant that we went to. He mentioned in the video a couple from, uh, that we met, Jordan from uh, the Netherlands and Eliza from Italy, the, the couple that we met, had a specific restaurant we had in our heart to go to, but we could never go until this one particular night. And we got there really late because we were hungry, and, and we kept having a sense of, don't go there yet, don't go there yet, just wait. I am hungry, you know, and said, no, don't go, don't go. And, and so we finally, we went and got down and sat. Well, they sat down right next to us right after we got there and they were backpacking through, uh, through Italy and they started up in Spain, had been backpacking their way through Italy. And, um, and it was just a really neat interaction. We had to end up talking to him and shared the gospel with him. And, uh, Rich said it was the best interaction he has ever had with a European ever in his life. I mean, it was amazing, and, and, and I mean, to have, to have a European that you don't know hug your neck, if you know anything about Europeans, they're not like this, to just, they're hugging our necks, and, and they're gonna, we're going to be in, in Burgos in, in a couple months, we're going to make our way back up there, we're coming to see you, they were so excited, and uh, for that to happen in Europe, that is, they're, they're not super friendly, uh, you know, when I say that, I mean, they're not like just, they're not Southerners, uh, I don't know how else to say it, they're not Southerners, and um, so they were, they were just super excited. So that was kind of the, how we do things. We're praying. And, of course, the Lord would lay assignments on us to pray about specific things while we were there. Um, you know, some of those were, were interesting things we got into uh, praying. But every day on who to meet, where to go, when to be there, um, what time to leave. And, and you know, I, I say it's kind of, maybe it's a bad reflection on me. I don't do that every day. And maybe we need to be doing that more often about being led, about things that we're doing, places we're going. Always keep your spiritual intent up. You know, a trip like this, we had to about everything because we had a limited amount of time. But it's important to remember that uh, on a daily basis. Let the Lord, uh, uh, your groceries can wait to whenever the Lord, sometimes he'll tell you, you need to do this later. Come back at another time. And oftentimes there's reasons for that. So uh, I did want to say on the food question, people ask me about food. I don't want to eat Italian for a long time, so I'll just say that right now. Uh, their Italian food is different than our Italian food. What would you say? It is not the same. And uh, we things like with sea urchin in them, I don't know about you, but that didn't sound appetizing. But anyway, uh, it was just a real different food. But I will say my post-COVID t- uh, palate, I'll add olives to the list, which I've always hated olives. They were good. And uh, chicken liver, paste. 
It looked creepy, but it was good. I don't. I just. I just ate whatever they put in front of me. I would whatever somebody had. It looked interesting. I'd order. I couldn't speak the language, so I never knew what was I was eating. And kind of found out that was chicken liver. So anyway, it was good. So, uh, but I don't want it again anytime soon. But anyway, um, we made some real good connections in Rome. You know, Rome's a city about three four point three million in the metropolitan area. Uh, the Lord led us to go down to, there's a large, imagine a Catholic university there, a big Catholic university, and had us go down there at one particular point during the, during the trip. And uh, as soon as we walked in, this guy was walking out of one of the buildings, and we just kind of made eye contact with him and went straight up to him. He was actually, Father Bryce from Monroe, Louisiana was there, and uh, he had just moved there, and he was spending the next three or four years going to school at this Catholic university. And so the Lord directed us to be right there. We, I didn't know where we were going. We didn't know that it was a Catholic university. We just knew that street, go that direction. So we started going, and we turned the corner, and there's a big building. We're like, what is this? And this guy comes out, and come to find out he was a, it was a university. It was a priest from uh, Monroe, Louisiana was there. And he's actually, he, he actually really loves God. And, and, uh, and we had a great conversation, a great talk with him, explained what we were doing. He was really interested in and uh, so I think there might be some things there in the future as well once he gets back home. So uh, that was a blessing. You know, we went to, uh, there's one Christian bookstore in, uh, in Rome that's an evangelical bookstore. And a part of Rich's vision, what they're wanting to do, they're wanting these, they're going places where there's not a lot of a gospel there. And um, uh, there, you know, 4.3 million people, you think there'd be a lot of churches like ours or evangelical churches. There's very few at all. We, we never found any while we were there. And um, uh, there was one Christian bookstore, evangelical bookstore in the entire city, just one. And uh, so we went to it and talked to them and uh, felt led to go down there and talk to them. It's interesting, you know, as, as we were there, um, it's so important you guard your heart on things and that you, you uh, uh, um, are not allowing uh, uh, offense and resentment to get a hold of you. Um, when we were there, you know, talking to him, this is the only uh, Christian bookstore, like I said, in the city. And, um, part of Rich's, uh, vision is to help displaced people that, that love God, have a relationship with God, but there's nowhere for them to go. I can't find it. hadn't found anything. He wants to connect with those people. And so we went in and, and this gentleman that was running the place had zero interest in talking to us, um, because he didn't like pastors, and he, he drew, a, he drew a, a triangle on a piece of paper, and he said, he drew the triangle, and he said, this is the problem with the Italian church. The pastor's up here, and everybody else is down here, and the pastor should be down here, and everybody else up here. That's not even biblical from the standpoint of, of who, authority or, or any of those things. He said, they tell us what to do, and they shouldn't tell us what to do. And, and he had no interest in, in and Rich said, well, are there people here that, are, that, that you know of that are displaced? And yeah. He said, what, well, what are you doing to reach them? He said, we're not doing anything. He said, we're not doing anything to reach them. He said, if they want to be reached, they'll be found. And he's just bitter about churches. He, they don't want a church there. He wants nobody to be there. Uh, it was really a mess. And it sounds very foreign. We couldn't quite figure the guy out. It's, it's called offense. And it's letting resentment and, and, and get bitterness get a hold of you. And sure, I'm sure there's been some abuses with the Catholic Church and things that were going on there, but that doesn't mean that you don't need churches and you don't need pastors and you don't need, you don't need these things. And, and um, 
And, and so it was just, it was interesting uh, connections. We, we left some information. We'll see what goes on with that. Uh, we ended up going to Livorno after that. Uh, like I said, it was a, it's a difficult place to be, uh, but you can sense God's heart for the people. Uh, we met with many different um, uh, immigrants that were in that area. Uh, we were led to many different immigrants. The immigrant community is very open to the gospel um, because they're very much displaced. I don't know if it was that way in Tajikistan, but the immigrants are very open uh, to, to you. Where they would see us. They would recognize that we were not Italians. They were very eager to speak to us. Um, and we had some, some, some good interactions there. A man from Nigeria, uh, actually from the same area where Charles and Kimmy are from, um, talk to them, exchange information that was good. A lot of these different kind of, of interactions along the way. On our way back home, we felt like we needed to, or back to Rome, we felt impressed to go to Florence. And they might say, oh, go to Florence. That, that's, that's a tough one to do. It's actually a beautiful city. Uh, but they have a Christian bookstore there. And I felt led we needed to go talk to that guy. And that particular individual there um, was the historian, basically, for the evangelical church in Florence and uh, the, the evangelical church got its start in Florence, which I didn't know that. He started explaining how everything's worked. Their founding pastor, the church that he attends, was the first evangelical uh, pastor or minister in the entire nation uh, of Italy. He was a Catholic priest. Um, he ended up uh, uh, converting, and he got in prison for it. And um, eventually when he got out, he, he started the church, and that's what directly, this man's a direct result of that church. And in fact, their church is held in the prison. Uh, they converted the prison he was held in, in into their church. So their church is his prison. And, um, um, and, and so in that city, he said there's many churches that are very small. In fact, the largest evangelical church in that area, which is about 400,000 people, in, uh, in Florence is a church of about 200 is the largest church there. Most of them are very small. He said many, he said maybe 20 to 30 churches in that area. And they're all very small. And the largest was about 200 people. And he said that was a very large church. Um, so even in there, there's a lot of work to do, but that's that connection. Uh, they, we exchange information. Rich got their information. He's got connections all over the, 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 the country, all over the nation of Italy. And so it's just interesting to see how God worked all of these things out. He was working that day. We came in. He taught. There was nobody came in, the, in there when we were there and uh, spent a lot of time with him. It was just, it's just good to, to pray things out and have God direct you. And um, great contact for the future. I will say I can add something to my list of accomplishments. I closed a Christian science reading room in Florence. I closed one. Yeah, so we went to, we went, wanted to go see the Christian Science Reading Room. We walked down there. It had been closed. They're, they were no longer there. So I got on Google, and I closed it. So, <laughs> I got on Google, and I, read a, I wrote a review. This place is closed. And then I put PTL, like, so they would praise the Lord. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I closed the Christian Science Reading Rooms. I'll add that to my, my list of accomplishments. But um, um you know, when I go on these trips, especially when you go to a place like Europe, you know, one of the things you just, uh, uh, when you leave, you know, you're thankful for what you have and thankful for the gospel light that we have here. And, and um, you know, when I was uh, um, going to talk tonight, I just said, you know, being thankful for it is more than, than, than just a, well, Pastor Stone this morning about not being complacent about what we have. I was thinking tonight, you know, the presence of God, what a valuable thing that we have, an opportunity to be in the presence of God. People do not have this. They do not have this option. 
you know, the people in, 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 in Rome, that, that the guy at the Christian bookstore, many people he knows that are not attached to any church, have no Christian community, are not being taught anything. They don't have what we have. And so there's a part of being grateful for what we have, but then also do something with what we have. You know, being thankful, responding to it, but then responding from that, not just to it, but from it. And, um, you know, we've got to be good stewards of the things that we've learned, the things that have been taught. And, and Europe's in the position then because they are, because that was dropped. At some point, somebody didn't steward what they had, the light that they had. And it's such an important thing that, that we do this and that we, we champion these things. Um, Hebrews 12.1 says that, Therefore we also, says, also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, uh, at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the importance of, of laying aside weights and sins, habits, thoughts, perspective, priorities that do not line up with the Bible is so vital. Uh, you know, it, it's such an important thing that we do this. And I think we all have things where we can, we can make adjustments and lay things aside. Just because you have access to something doesn't mean it's good. And just because you have opportunities doesn't mean it's a good opportunity. Uh, uh, and it's such an important thing. As we were there, I was just thinking, man, uh, there's so much of our time, my time, that's taken up with stuff that really uh, is not helping anybody, much less me. And it's not advancing the kingdom. Um, boy, it's just not worth it. And um, I would just encourage you, you know, things that, that, the, that the Lord has been talking to you about, respond to those things and, and be quick to do those things. Um, uh, there's a lot that needs to be done. You know, Matthew twenty four fourteen. this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. I like to amplify this, this good news of the kingdom, the gospel will be preached throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Um, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be accomplished, and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to go and do something like this to help Rich and Daphne and their vision, what God's asking them to do. But we've got a lot to do here. And uh, it's got to take place. It's got to be done. Amy talked last week about your testimony and witnessing to people. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet, but I got the, the gist or the, the, the Cliff Notes version of it <laughs> yesterday. But uh, uh, I will listen to it. But, um, you know, your testimony is such an important thing. And how you, your life is preaching something. And uh, uh, to make sure that your testimony is advancing the kingdom of God, your, your life is advancing the kingdom of God. That's something you have to be intentional about. That's something you've got to be, per, you know, to be purposeful about because if you don't, you lose your opportunity to do it. And uh, we want to make sure we, we do those things and, and, uh, and really pursue what God has for us. But a little quick rundown of some of the things we did. Um, uh, it was, it was, it was a, like I said, it was a successful trip. I believe we got done what God wanted us to do. And, um, they're moving into the next phase of, of some things where God wants them next and, and different places they want, he wants them to go. And, um, so it's good. I'm glad, I'm glad for the opportunity to go. And I told him, you let me know when you want me to come again and, and we'll see <laughs> if they'll let me, if they'll take my paperwork, we'll see. But anyway, uh, I did learn how to make, it was funny. I almost got thrown off the train on the way to Livorno. Um, because they didn't like my paperwork, and uh, they wanted me to have a QR code that could be scanned. 
because you can scan the EU pass, you know, that for their COVID and, and recovery pass, they have a little barcode, a little QR code. They, you don't have a code to, for me to scan it. Well, we don't do that in America. He said, well, that's a not, he said, that's not okay. This, you have to have a code. So I got to the house once we got there and I made a QR code and I uploaded my papers to our, our website. And so the QR code went to our website. And from that point on, they loved my papers because they had a code to scan. And so, huh? They couldn't read English, but I had a code. And so they were happy. Oh, he's got, he's got a QR code. So then they were happy the rest of the time. Like, so, all right, we, we'll do what's necessary. So, uh, I hope that's not illegal. It's not illegal because it's just uploaded my paperwork. So anyway, I gave them a code to scan and then they couldn't read it. So anyway, God got us through. So (laughs) do what you got to do, right? Yeah. And so that was a good time and and we're grateful for for all that was accomplished. I couldn't believe the guy was going to throw me off the train. Like, anyway, (laughs) he he let me stay. Throw mama from the train, right? Yeah. Throw throw PG from the train, but uh, he didn't do that, and uh, we got everything accomplished that we needed to, so anyway, thanks for letting me go, and uh, oh yeah, we, we, while we were in Rome, we needed a break, and so we went and toured the Colosseum for three hours, uh, the Colosseum, and then uh, we spent a little bit of that time in the Roman Forum, and um, it was super interesting, we got to actually go to the bottom of the Colosseum where they kept all the gladiators, which up until recent time, that's been closed all this time. No one could go down there. So we took a tour. We went down it. And they actually explained to us they, the Colosseum, was they, when they built it, uh, they didn't have money to build the Colosseum. The, the, some problems had happened, and, and they had mismanaged a lot of things, and a big fire had ravaged uh, all, of, uh, all of, uh, of Rome. And so they needed uh, money to do it. So they decided the Jews are problematic. Let's go destroy the temple. That was 72 A.D. They destroyed the temple in 72 A.D. And they took all of the, uh, the furnishings and all of the, the gold and things out of the temple and they used it to pay for the Colosseum. And many of the stones from the temple are actually in the Colosseum. And uh, they took all of it. They paid for it. They paid 250,000 people to build it. In eight, it took them eight years, but 250,000 people for eight years were funded by the money they got out of the, uh, the Jewish temple. So... It was interesting to be actually standing on things that were in Jerusalem uh, 2,000 years before that. So that was really interesting. Uh, but that was a fascinating, a fascinating break uh, as we went. <laughs> and uh, uh, we took, like I said, took a break that afternoon and went and did that. So that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, really interesting stuff. So anyway, I think that's it. Pastor. You know, uh, Greg said he hadn't listened to Amy's message. I haven't listened to any of them either, but I, but I will. So it's interesting, you know, when I minister this morning, different people said, well, what you're preaching just goes along with what, what Pastor Doug did and what, Pastor, what Miss Amy's done and what other people are saying. And uh, so I, even though I didn't get very far, uh, I have next time. <laughs> and, and, you know, PG, when you were talking there about uh, being led of the spirit, which roads to go down and, you know, which turn to make. It reminded me of my early days after I got back into fellowship with the Lord and got filled with the Holy Spirit uh, in the uh, mid-70s. That's exactly what our, our witnessing team from the church would do. We would get in the car and we'd pray, we'd meet at the church, and we'd pray and get direction to go to a certain side of town, Jacksonville. We were on the north side, but we would end up on the south side sometimes. And then we would just pray in the spirit and, and have an impression 
turn and go down uh, Atlantic Boulevard and go down this way for a while. And then we would pray and then we just, and by the inward witness, we would follow the direction of the Lord. And we'd end up, you know, finding somebody that we would, maybe it was some guys, you know, shooting hoops or something. We'd stop, you know, and start playing basketball with them and witness to them. We had, we got a lot of people born again just doing that, just following uh, direction like that. And, uh, but another thing, PG, that you mentioned that I had, you, you just reminded me of something that the Lord put on my heart years ago. I think this was in the early 90s, but I'm not sure. And I don't know if I told Angela about this or really talked to anybody else about this, but there was a time about 30 years ago that I sensed a strong leading of missionary work to Europe. Did I ever tell you about that? And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there on, on the chair. I'd completely forgotten that. And for months and months, I prayed about missions in Europe. This was before there were any Ramas over there, before Damata schools, before anybody in the word of faith was traveling to Europe. And I just had this this leading, and I felt like I'm supposed to go to Europe. But at the same time, I didn't feel a call, a specific call really to go anywhere. And it was, and I didn't understand it. I'm being drawn to Europe. I'm, we're supposed to have a work. I, could, I couldn't understand how could, how could, back then, Faith Christian Fellowship, how could we have a work in Europe? I don't understand it. And when you were, when you were ministering, I realized, oh, well, look at what God has done. Because I sensed we were supposed to have a work in Europe, but I wasn't supposed to go. I didn't get the release to go. I don't go anywhere uh, uh, on, on missionary work unless the Lord tells me to. And so last week, uh, Alec, uh, Christopher Allen was in Bangladesh. If you followed him on, on, on uh, face, Facebook, you saw that he was in Bangladesh. You'll notice that he was, doing, he was preaching the nightly crusade and doing the minister's conference. The reason he was doing the minister's conference is because I bailed on him because he had asked me to go to Bangladesh and minister in the, in the pastor's conference. And I said, sure, I'll go without really praying about it. And the more I prayed about it, I got in my heart, no, you're not supposed to go. And uh, pastors over there are asking for me to come because of the book that I wrote. Uh, pastor, I mean, uh, Brother Christopher has given that book to some uh, AG pastors over there and they've read it and they, they want me to come say you've got and they told him again this week you've got to get Pastor Anderson over here I don't know if I'll ever go because I was specifically told don't go this time and so I felt bad because then Christopher had to carry the load of preaching the morning sessions and there were four or five hundred pastors there but uh, you know God took care of it and then he ministered in the crusades at night uh, so I don't go anywhere uh, even though I might feel an, you know, an attachment to it. And so somehow in Europe, uh, years ago, I had a very strong leading and prayed days, weeks, and months about it and then never got the release to go. And now my son's going. Isn't that cool? Amen. God works everything out in his timing. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.